here. <laughs> Yay! And we choose to participate, be aware, and step into the very presence that will make us whole. Shalom. Shalom, wholeness. That peace that passes all understanding. That does guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That shalom that leaves a person with nothing missing and nothing broken. That shalom that is the peace that Jesus gave. He said, my peace I leave you. Not as the world gives, give I to you, but as the Father gives this peace. The peace that no one can take away. God bless you as you sit down. If you could go ahead and be seated, man. Thank you so much for your presence and willingness to flow. In the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning, there was a relationship. There was a flow. In the beginning was God speaking in flow. Hey, I like a, like a, hey, yes, 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 yes. Say, Eve, that's cool. When it ends, I think we're going to go back uh, definitely to that, um, song about um, righteousness. I am. That felt really cool. Yeah. That was a neat, a neat feeling. The whole set was interesting and good. I'm especially um, excited about that song. I just had it on my heart all week. And, you know, I'm just going to say Whitney wrote it. If you don't know Whitney, just text her and say, nice song. It was cool. If you don't know, have her number. Just Find a Whitney and tell him that that was nice. That was really great what you did there. Okay, I have a joke. Leanne, you ready for this? Yeah. All right. Why do we say a man and not a woman at the end of a song in church? that feel separate. It's us that feel um, 
that we need to somehow make up or uh, do penance or um, have a confession of sin, um, this kind of thing, that culture of confession. You know that, that confession just simply is the Greek word homologeos, so homo meaning the same, logos, the word, so to say the same thing as. And so when you're saying the same thing as, really the confession of Christianity is to say the same thing that God says about you. That's actually the real way it's supposed to go. <laughs> You're not supposed to be dragging up all the things that you did wrong. You know, and we have a picture of that in the parable of the prodigal son. The prodigal son left, spent the inheritance on and on, went out far away, tried to come back, all right? And he's um, rehearsing his list, his apology speech, all the way back to the father. But the father doesn't let him speak. Doesn't let him even get a word out. If the father goes and meets him, puts what the Father believes he is, puts the robe of righteousness on him, puts the, you know, it calls him into the house of feeds yeah. him and nourishes him, yeah. never once um, shames him, at least the story goes that way, doesn't want shame him, that's not a human type of love. I mean, when your son comes dragging up, you know, you got your eyebrows raised, you know, you're like, how, how is it, you know, what you gonna say for yourself, <laughs> you know, what are you gonna say, you know, that's human love, that's eros, that's all eros, that's religion love, that's human love, that's just like, we want tit for tat, we want people to pay, we want people to grovel. This is not my message, stop making me preach off my notes. Stop it, Chuck, stop it, stop it, stop it. So a fundamental belief that we are separate from God and displease God with most of our actions, especially if they originate with our human desires. So even eating at times is just totally wrong in God's sight, right? So we have uh, eating, drinking, all kinds of sexual behaviors, these kinds of things. Um, are just taught that we are uh, definitely uh, unholy folks and we need some fixing up um, in, a, in a major way. While some modern thinkers don't think that the doctrine of original sin is literally true, but they do think it contains real truths about the human condition. Um, yeah, so the world is not as good as we want it to be. We are not as good as we want it to be. Marketing lets us know that. I mean, we have living in a culture that says you need more of something you don't have. Come and get it, right? You can't even talk plain in front of your phone without it telling you what you need. Give me a break, man. I had someone just whispering in front of me. Why are you whispering? They said, my Jeez, this is crazy. So, um, <laughs> Events of an individual's past. And someone um, just help uh, help know where the nursery is. Someone can help share with her where the nursery is. Um, if she doesn't know. I don't know if she does or not, but I just want to have you there. Um, so, yeah, so we have this basic idea that we are separate uh, from God and we need to be fixed. And uh, we often live through experiences, I hear you, Kaden. We often live through experiences of our lives that leave us with a bankrupt identity. Even if we by faith know that God loves us, um, the situations of our childhood and on can leave us with a feeling of a disorientation. 
or a separateness from where we really want to be. So I am not dismissing with my submission to you of an original blessing. I'm not dismissing that we have things that break us and break us down over life, over a lifetime. I have another joke, you ready? <laughs> I'm not a real deep or fast, but here we go. So this was from the nickname support group for both cats and dogs. <laughs> the picture shows them all sitting around, they're sitting in chairs, the cats and dogs are sitting there drinking their coffee, and the cat says, yeah, I went from Charlie to Chuck to Sir Chuckles McFurry Pants. <laughs> And the dog says, oh, that's nothing. I started out as cold train, and then it shortened to train, and now they call me chugga-chugga-woo-woo. <laughs> the other cat says, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it got me thinking about this progression of names that we have throughout our life. We usually start out, someone wanted us. You, in most cases, someone, even if it wasn't your bio mom, someone called you beloved. Someone called you precious. Someone called you beautiful baby, girl. Somebody did. Then as you begin to grow up, some other names start to get thrown in your direction. Hopefully not by your family, but doesn't that happen? Yes. Some other names start to get thrown your way. Okay. Then, maybe the first time you get married, you get another name. Some of us do. Both, both genders will change, change names in, the, in a direction or assume a different identity. It started getting me thinking about how many names I have gone through with just my three dogs. Okay. I started with Isabel. She was a little schnauzer mix, about 24 pounds. She went everywhere with me. She lived with me for about 15 years. We were best buddies. She went in the car with me. I used to drive an orange Volkswagen Beetle. And she would jump up into the car, and we'd go hiking, go doing things, exploring Oklahoma. I was in my late 20s. And uh, I love that dog. Well, soon and very soon, her name was not just Isabel, it was Belle. All right. And then it started to become Mama's little honey dog. <laughs> honey dog. All right, then she was, go ahead, Heidi. How many names did that dog have? Go ahead, do the roll. She was Honey with and Bell Dogger, uh, Sideways Trotter Dog, uh, Pumpkin Head with. Um, she was Trailblazer. <laughs> Everything ended with Woof. It was like, come here, Woof. Come here, Honey Dog Woof. And she wasn't, I mean, she was terrible. She was a terrible dog to everybody but me. Okay. 
okay, let me tell you this. She wouldn't only just attack and okay. start going crazy. Come on. Yeah, what did she do? Oh, yeah. She would. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I, I, I witnessed it multiple times. Jesus, God, 
in the flesh actually needed that affirmation from his friend group. If your friend group is only ever calling you broke, no good, never going to amount, you're already messed up, you've already messed up too many times, oh, oh, finally something went right for you, finally. Tears are falling onto the chest that you would lift their little chin up and say, oh, 
the story is not quite over. <laughs> I think we've got some more to look at here. Perhaps in this house, maybe you started out lonely. Maybe you were alone or maybe disconnected, but now you were called Mr. McBusyPants <laughs> with lots of social planning ways. I mean, you got social things coming out of your calendar. It's like, what? I didn't have anything going now. Like, what? I got all this stuff. Or maybe you came in brokenhearted and bewildered, but now you are the one who is healing like a badass. Yeah. And who feels all of their feelings Come on. without any shaming, waning. <laughs> I mean, how long can we go on this? Maybe you came in thinking that uh, your theology and your relationship with God was crystal clear. <laughs> Maybe you came in thinking, I really got everything buttoned up here. Um, I've got the job, I've got the bank, if that bought. Oh, this house church seems cool. Maybe uh, we need a little bit more progressiveness in my life. Maybe I need, maybe, you know, research says going to church and having a church does make a life happier overall, having a community. Only to find out that once you got here, things begin to get uncomfortable. Yeah. It's almost like there was an invitation to who you thought you were, an invitation to something deeper. Yeah. I have preached this before that you may have come into this house one way, <laughs> soon and very soon you find yourself in another way, feeling all kinds of ways about all of that. This is a community of transformation. It's a community of revolution. It's not a community of rebellion or of service type relationships. These things go deep. This community, I mean, you come in thinking it's all hoo-hoo, and then all of a sudden it gets woo-hoo way bigger. It gets bigger and better because the transformations I'm talking about don't just strip away. Man, they transform you into something and into the wisdom that you already yes. have. Yes. This is a container and a space that's going to harvest the wisdom that's already deep within you. Yes. But it's a blessing culture. It's a blessing orientation. It's an orientation toward the goodness and the favor of God. Yes. Yeah. An orientation is a person's fundamental feelings about or responses to something. It's a tendency of thought, a general inclination. The direction followed in the course of a trend, a movement, or a development, an adjustment, or an adaptation to a new environment, a situation, custom, a set of ideas, an orientation. When you start school, you go to an orientation. Here's what's expected here in this facility. When you start a new job, if they're good, they onboard you, okay? And they give you orientation. If they don't have that organization, then you just start learning on the job, and usually the frustration is what? High. Because you don't know what's expected of you. You don't know where to get the tools and resources that you need, and you bumble and fumble, you start to fail, you get disgruntled, what happens, you want to leave. All within 90 days. I don't know how that happens, but <laughs> I have this picture here today. It's an icon from, I think, the 14th century. 
15th century, actually, by Andre Rublev. I had Jessica uh, change this from the hands over wide with the, the word bless that we had for many weeks to, to this review. To bless an orientation. That word orientation has some stigma with it. And uh, I often say before, you are anything. It is the wisest thing that a person, an individual can do is to find their identity in Christ yes. before they start checking boxes on what else is available. Yeah. This icon has meant a lot to me over the years. In Genesis, we see the divine dance in the story of when the Lord appears to Abraham in the picture of the three people that come to the tent to talk to him about being a father of many nations. We see these name changes all the way back there. So he was called Abram, and then after a meeting with God, God calls him Abraham. He calls him the father of many nations. He was barren, and after a meeting with these three, the, the Holy One in the presence of three, um, God uh, gives him a new name. Uh, that little sto that story in Genesis, if you can find it in Genesis 18, the Lord appears to Abraham as three men. Abraham and Sarah seem to see the Holy One in the presence of these three, and they bow before them and call them my Lord. Their first instinct is one of invitation and hospitality to create a space of food and drink for their guests. Here we have humanity feeding God. It will take a long time to turn that around in the human imagination. Surely we ourselves are not invited to this divine table, the host presumes. I want to explain this icon. The story inspired a piece of devotional religious art by iconographer Andre Rublev in the 15th century. The hospitality of Abraham, or simply the Trinity, as icons do, this painting attempts to point beyond itself, inviting a sense of both the beyond and the communion that exists in our midst. There are three primary colors on Rublev's icon, each illustrating a facet of the Holy One. God is, God the Father is here, and is robed in gold, gold um, representing purity, durability, uh, perfection, fullness, the ultimate source. And then in the blue, in the middle, is Jesus. Jesus is the incarnate Christ in this image both sea and sky mirroring one another, mirroring one another. So in the icon, Christ wears blue and holds up two fingers. Can you see that? The two fingers right there? Telling us that he has put spirit and matter, divinity and humanity together within himself. The blue of creation is brilliantly undergirded with the necessary red of suffering. 
So we see the red of suffering with the blue of both sea and sky, of this humanity and divinity. And would you notice that the Jesus figure is looking at the father figure, and the father figure is looking at the Jesus figure. So who does that leave us? The Holy Spirit. So green is what we see the Spirit robed in. The divine photosynthesis that grows everything from within by transforming light into itself. The icon shows the Holy One in the form of three eating and drinking in infinite hospitality and utter enjoyment between themselves. If we take the depiction of God and the Trinity seriously, we have to say in the beginning was a relationship. The gaze between the three shows the deep respect between them as they all share from a common goal. But notice, the Spirit's hand points toward the open and fourth place at the table. Is the Holy Spirit inviting, offering, and clearing space? And if so, for whom? At the front of the table, there appears to be a little rectangle hole. Most people pass right over it. But some art historians believe the remaining glue on the original icon indicates that there was perhaps once a mirror glued to the front of the table. It's stunning when you think about it that there was room at this table for a fourth. For the observer, for you. <laughs> what I am proposing is that in this house, we accept that invitation. Yes, yes, yes. To see ourselves in the picture. To do this, many of us will have to take what is called in our modern storytelling vernacular, a hero's journey. Many of you have already done this a time or two in various contexts in your life, where you have accepted more of yourself and put more of yourself into your life. If you have ever answered some kind of call, maybe the first time that you felt God nudging your heart, you began to look into the mirror of the divine relationship and the divine dance and begin to see yourself as accepted in the beloved. This image has done so much for me because the spirit is looking in my direction. 
Jesus is functioning and acting as we. As he is, so are we in the world. And the Father is holding it all together. But the Spirit is, is uh, looking at me almost as if to say, what's going to come from you? What will you bring to this table? Because you see, if the mirror were there, no matter who looks, you're in. just simply have the grace yeah. by the Spirit of God Amen. to look. Yes. And we all, with unveiled face, yes. behold as in a mirror. You know that scripture? Yeah. And are changed from glory to glory. What does that mean you started as? Glory. You didn't start out nasty old sinner drag it in oh, but he calls you to come calls you beloved and then it just kind of gets more cute as you go <laughs> the Lord starts to call you strong yeah. <laughs> oh I see you're so strong no I'm not You know, our tagline here is that there is room in the house for you. Well, take that to a very personal level. There's room in your body home for you, for all of you. But we have to have one another. We have to call it out. Unless, the, unless a person speaks, you, there's no power. There's no infusion. It's calling those things that be not come on as though they were. It's faith. <laughs> I mean, dancing around with this icon, it's another way to say, it's faith. 
That addiction that's got you so wrapped up that you feel like, how would I ever let that go? You don't have to, beloved. Keep the addiction and take it to the table. Keep the addiction and take it to the table and talk about it. Let's stay in real and right relationship with God. We don't have to be good or correct or right, but we can be connected. And I'm telling you what, I have a feeling, I have a feeling about it, that the longer we hang out in this group, the less we'll need to hide from ourselves with all the things that we use to hide from ourselves. But it doesn't make you less qualified to be at the table. Bring it all. Go ahead and start playing, guys, and we're doing it. I need some holy music. I need music that like makes me feel like it's holy. Would you guys stand with me? Hey. Now, when we see these words, and I want to go through all the verses. When we see these words, you can play with the subjects and with the plot. So you can say, like you can sing it, who do you say that I am? Then you can be the God character and say, who do you say that I am? Right? You can be in all these different parts of the story and sing it because God is righteous, God is holy, so you can say sing it from his perspective or from your own.
you belong in the divine relationship.
knows a thing or two about the tree.
in light of this glorious truth, let us be tender-hearted toward one another, forgiving one another. 